It's been more than 50 years since the passing of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. January 16th is more than a day off. It's a day to honor legacy, celebrate community, and continue to find innovative ways to bridge the gap of racial equality and social injustices. Hey, I'm Denisha. And I'm Dre. And we are the Keatons. We are a millennial married couple and parents who are a beautiful mashup of all things Harry Potter, ESPN, Food Network and Baking, Sports, Murder Mystery and Anything Crime, Basketball, All Things Travel, and of course LeBron James. Really? Is everything just about sports? What? I'm just being honest. We created this podcast to chat about our everyday lives as millennials and parents. Our strides in entrepreneurship and through marriage. And all the beautiful chaos that happens in between. What started as our wedding theme, Just Keep Keating On, morphed into a daily household saying, we realized that the only thing constant in love, friendships, work, sports, and life is that you just have to keep keeping keep on. on. So to kick us off for the very first question, what does MLK legacy mean today? Uh, to me, I think it's about owning the space that you're in. Um, as far as whatever you're doing, that you deserve to be in that spot because somebody's chosen you to do whatever you need to do and just having the confidence to do that. Um, I also think it's about taking advantage of, you know, certain basic rights that we have that they didn't have back then. Something as important as it, voting, uh, whether it's school board members, city mayor, superintendent, all of that matters. And all of it, you know, aligns with, you know, what you want to do and how you want to better serve your community. Um, even when, you know, you somebody's running for president, you definitely have to do your research and just try to figure out the best situation that's best for your family and to utilize that. So voting is definitely the number one on my list. Yeah. And I know a lot of people like to think that it doesn't, um, especially a lot of people our age with the idea that it's, you know, big business and yeah. your vote really doesn't matter. But if you look at kind of what's happening in Georgia, they wouldn't be putting in all these different laws to suppress people from voting or to keep people from helping them if it wasn't something that actually changed the narrative. Exactly. So um, if they're trying to change it, if they're trying to stop it, if they're putting in obstacles to make it harder, definitely know it's the right thing to be doing. And even when they have certain things like you can't even give anybody some water right. when they're in line, then obviously your vote matters right so i think for me uh, what i didn't know until here recently was just truly understanding the value of home ownership mm -hmm. and it's the very basis of generational wealth yeah and um it just goes back to passing down a home from family to family um and just keeping something that will appreciate and gain value yeah. over time um because 2022 was a big real estate year for us yeah, it was it was <laughs> so um and then so for me to find out that housing and the access to it was an integral part of dr king's vision for economic justice and what I found out was, in fact, that he helped the passage of the Fair Housing Act of 1968. So, uh, and we really didn't understand that. And did reluctantly that. enough, um, <laughs> we had to fight so hard for our first house. Yep, sure did. So, since I'm studying for my real estate exam, I should know this. This is a very important piece of being a realtor, which is the Fair Housing Act. And essentially, it's a law that promised to not only stop unjust discrimination, but also reverse decades of government-created segregation. Yeah, and so with that, I remember when we were buying our first house, we had two totally different experiences yeah. with what was required and how people were working with us. So I know for me, it just started out with like, we had a really bad realtor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it just seemed like your realtor is supposed to be your advocate for your home and finding you the best house. 
neighborhood, house features, backyard, whatever the thing is that you're really looking for, you want that realtor to be an advocate for that. And I just felt like for us, she, we were young. We were maybe 23, 20, 22, 23. Yeah. yeah. Um, it just seemed like she really didn't take us seriously at all about buying a house, despite like, for anybody who knows when you go shopping for a house, you have to be a pre-approved by a bank first. Yep. So yep. we had already had got all that out the way. So we were pre-approved to buy. A bank lender had did their due diligence to approve us, and yet it still didn't seem like she was taking us seriously. Uh, a lot of the areas she showed us just felt unsafe. Yeah, um, especially for our growing family. At right, the time. like no, at the time that for our first first when we started working oh, with yeah. her, it was just yeah. you and I. Yeah, and I remember I was working remote, and you had to go into work, so I wanted somewhere where I felt safe being by myself as a female. Exactly. And a lot of the places were just like just really like rundown houses or needed a ton of work that was out of the scope of what we could do back mm-hmm. then at the time, mm-hmm. and. And really, um, what made it us get through was just our stick to itiveness and just knowing that okay, this makes the most sense for us. So um, then yep. we had to get to the point where we had to debunk what having a mortgage <laughs> meant because yeah. we had been rented for the longest at that time. Dre and I had moved around a lot. Um, we were really explorative of different cities and just trying to figure out the best yeah. city that fit our lifestyle, um, just our love of travel and food and culture and everything else. So um, we were undecided if we wanted to try and stay in Tallahassee for family and a place that we knew or if we wanted to live somewhere else. Yeah, because we was definitely one foot in, one foot out. Right. <laughs> so that first, after having that bad experience with the realtor, we decided against buying. Mm-hmm. Remember after that, yep. we lived in, we went to Texas for a year. Yep, yep. <laughs> And so it was after that when I found out I was pregnant, then with Ava, we were like, okay, we're going to move back home to be around family and everything else. Yeah. So this time around, we were again thinking about buying, purchasing a house. <laughs> and this realtor was um, a whole lot better. She yeah. was totally different. Yeah. So, but with that, just sticking with it, we had to first decide like renting versus a mortgage. And we had to understand that like for one, once you get into a mortgage, you're not stuck. Yeah. It's not so, like how they used to tell us back in the day, if you get this mortgage for 30 years, you right, got to wait 30 years to pay. 30 years. <laughs> yeah. So... It was, it was debunking that and then um, just doing the math. And at the time, we were paying like $12, 12 for rent. Yep. And so doing like some quick math, $1,200 times 12, the amount of money we were paying. It's like fourteen grand. Right. That wasn't going into that our pocket. Going, yeah. So then we decided with the mortgage, once we did the math and saw it come back, that our mortgage payment was like way less yeah. than that. We were like, what? Which and is this so money, confusing. And this money is actually a saving and it goes towards mm-hmm. us. So yep. that was our first thing. But um, I definitely want to mention just kind of throwing it back to MLK and just his contributions that he was a champion for housing. Yeah. And without his efforts, it's unthinkable where the industry will even be today. And right now there's a huge lack of inventory. I'm sure everybody's seeing all over the news yeah. and many government-backed mortgage companies are saying it's an estimate about 4 million units short for houses that fall in the affordable housing bracket or houses that are specifically smaller than 1,400 square feet. That's a lot. That's a a lot. So it's just over 40 years, just literally decades and decades of just being put back and, you know, efforts of construction companies making housing that was affordable. Yeah, but I think now... Uh, with more knowledge, you can understand what it takes to really own a home. Yeah. And I think as long as you have the right people in your corner that are willing to, you know, help you out whenever you need help, then I think we can break that barrier regardless if we have a bad realtor or not. Right. And figure out what we want and to be able to communicate that with the lender. Right. So 
then that's what took us to our second experience and how how does um, Martin Luther King Jr.'s uh, legacy resonate with us because then when we were the second time around looking for our house, yeah. we went through a lot. Yeah. Um, a lot that may have been questionable to their yeah. house. Now, like now before you get into that, what was, because like you said, we had two totally different experiences. What was your experience with the lender? Mine was, um, it was unimaginable. Yes. And just it, because I'm such a gritty person, yeah. I didn't even understand, like, this was a fight that you didn't even have to fight and definitely shouldn't have shouldn't been fighting. Shouldn't have been, yeah. But the first experience was really gloomy. Like, the realtor experience was great. We love hunting for houses. That part was great. We had found a home, put an offer in. Um, this was the beginning of COVID, so people were trying to hike up offers and do all yeah. this stuff. So we put in our initial offer. They turned us down. So we moved on. Yep. In the middle of our tour of the next house, our realtor came and said, hey, if they were to take your original offer, would you go back to them? Like, of course. And like, we were like, of course. If they're <laughs> that's the original, original offer. Right. So this house is beautiful, huge backyard, huge yeah. piece of land, really cute, quiet neighborhood. So when we got down to the actual closing process. The lenders typically correspond directly with the homeowner. Yep. They did not. Yep. They corresponded through our realtor, and our realtor had to tell us these things as an update. So she would be like, hey, have you guys submitted this? The bank needs that. I'm like, no, they didn't tell us that. Yeah, so, like there was no portal to submit anything, which right. we usually have. So. so that was the first part. But then when it got down to the underwriting part, which again, if you haven't had a chance to purchase a house quite yet, underwriting is where they just really go and do a deep dive and review your documents mm -hmm. and make sure all of your stuff is in line, you work for who you say you work for, you make the money you say you make, and so forth. So it was in this process where things kind of got hairy. They went left. <laughs> they, it took a turn for sure. So Dre had submitted all his paperwork and everything had went smooth with him, but it was me who had the hitch. So it just felt like bad business overall, like in hindsight, but they were asking for my LinkedIn information. Yeah. They um, were going to my profile and like combing through my things. And I'm just like, why do you need my LinkedIn information for me to close the home? What's pertinent on it that you need to know? Um, they were asking me to explain my salary. Yeah. And so I had already submitted pay stuff, so I, there was explanation enough, but they asked me to explain how I was making the amount of money I was making. As if you were supposed to tell, like, okay, so by my experience here, right. this is I'm what like, Am I supposed to be doing a job interview? <laughs> and then they said they needed my employer to write a letter to give them clarification to justify why they were paying me the amount that they were paying me. Yeah, because obviously you're not worth that. And I'm like, clearly I'm just not qualified, right? There's yeah. no way that someone who looks like me, sounds like me, walks like me could be making the money that we were making yeah. so much so that you need me to justify it or you need my employer to write you a letter you saying why did they hire me and why did they decide to pay me this much? Yeah. So we went through all of that and it didn't just stop there. After they went through my LinkedIn, after they asked me to justify my salary, they asked me did I take a certification that changed my pay or did, did I do a new project or did I get a promotion I was just like no this is just what I get paid no the, and, I will say the what the funniest part I think you're about to mention it the funniest part was about your degree yes so even after all that then they asked well did you get a new degree I said no I've always had a four-year degree a bachelor's degree and this and that and they were like can we see it pause and <laughs> you can just imagine our surprise when we were like you need a copy yeah. of my degree that's that shows that I am indeed like Who a college graduate yeah. like yeah. again we had already been pre-approved we had already submitted our information we submitted all the like hard pieces it just seemed like 
I was being derailed to have to submit LinkedIn information, justify my salary, yeah. like asking my job to justify why they pay me. And then in the midst of moving and packing up everything for me to then go find a copy <laughs> of my degree stashed in some box at my parents' house you to send them. You would have thought that you was like applying for the CIA or the FBI right. doing a deep dive like And that. I was just like, what the heck? And then I knew they were going on my LinkedIn and stuff because it shows, it shows you, you like who yeah. viewed your profile. And so I'm seeing all these different people from their company view my LinkedIn and I'm just like this just feels very 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 borderline unjust like why is this even necessary so and by the way they people don't need to do that in order for you to go through exactly not definitely not if you're going through that then please say something because you don't need to do that and at the time that's what I was mean I'm like I didn't know um, like I said we were young 22 23 so the Fair Housing Act didn't resonate with me but it just goes to show how now just knowing that that was one of the main things that Dr. King not only got passed but pledged and fought for the passing of that so discrimination and getting housing doesn't matter yeah so that and was, that's yeah, and it's still a really pressing issue because you think about it, that's what three, four years ago with us. Right. So it's not like you know it happened fifty years ago. Like right. this, this is, is still prevalent in our very everyday recent. life. This is twenty twenty. Yeah. This was twenty twenty, but the biggest thing was just our motivation that we did it. Yeah. We fought through all those barriers, barriers, and jumped over all those hoops, and um, we bought a house. Yeah. We bought that house, man. And so it was with that, just through our experiences, that even like motivated you to become a realtor. Yeah, because I just felt as though, you know, being people of color, seeing yeah. somebody, you know, trying to do something better. Right. Then, you know, why wouldn't you want to, you know, be a part of that? And then everybody, you only expect to buy your first house, you know, that one time and then right. settle in. But I mean, just the excitement and the joy that we was going through in the process of it. Right. And then to kind of be derailed from that because of a bad lender or a bad mm-hmm. realtor. And yeah, I definitely want to, you know, put my name in the hat to be able to show people like, you know, this is going to be a, pl- a pleasant experience and yeah. we can find different vendors to work with in order to make it the best, you know, as possible. Okay, so fast forward a year later, we've been in the house, settled in, and we start, you know, doing different adjustments, making the house ours. So I would say, what do you think was like, you know, your touch that you really liked that you put on the house? We waited a really long time to just officially move in. Yeah. <laughs> it took us a couple <laughs> of months to unpack just to like get ready and declutter and then pack up things. But I think when we screened in the back porch, that was a really nice element that mm-hmm. we added. And when we took the sinks from being just one sink to two in the um, in our room, I won't say master suite, but in our room. And, um, yeah, the owner's suite, I yeah, should say. So, um, but making that one to two sinks... Um, that was definitely nice and that was worth the worth the upgrade that we made to that. So I think that was one of my favorite pieces. Um, switching out the doors for a barn door, just something a yeah. bit more like aesthetically pleasing. So those were a lot of the things. And so from that, now that you mentioned a year later, we sold the house. Yep. So this time around, <laughs> again, just remembering um, now and just resonating with the legacy that Dr. King left and about how you mentioned about motivating to become a realtor. Mm-hmm. My mom was there to witness this whole entire process for us. So at this point, my mom now had became a realtor yep. and she studied, she passed it on the first go round. So now when we're getting ready to sell our house, we know we have an advocate for yep, us. We exactly. know someone who's going to have our best interests at heart. So for her, um, she ended up helping us sell our house 
And I remember just helping her take the pictures, list it, get it ready, just because like marketing and photos and everything was just, you know, a thing that I helped do. So with doing that, um, taking all the pictures, we listed it as coming soon. Cause I was telling her, I'm like, let's just get a feel for it. See how it does. See like what type of traction we get from doing all the different um, upgrades that we made. So we listed it as coming soon. And it was supposed to be coming soon, maybe like two or three days later. And so when we listed it, immediately, the minute it went up, we were receiving several calls. My mom was getting a bunch of texts like, can we come see it today? Is it ready right now? And this Yeah, and I was that. like, whoa, like this says coming soon. Like, <laughs> right. I remember that was on a Sunday night. It was on a Sunday. <laughs> and so it was on a Sunday, like a holiday, yeah. Easter, Easter, Easter Sunday. Yep. 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 So um, several people wanted to come. Two or three people came that day. Mm-hmm. Several came the following day. So it was like five to seven showings each day. And it was we only had it out there maybe two days. Maybe. Maybe. That was max, yeah. Right. And so from that, just with all the upgrades that we made, and that's why we try to encourage other people of our peers to get a house because it's truly a savings account. Yeah. Um, and the upgrades that we made and taking care of it and adding our own touch, we were able to get a cash offer yeah. for our house. Yep. Um, we got five to seven other offers. So Several of which that were way like uber scary over the amount I was asking. <laughs> I mean, um, and it was just truly a thing of delayed gratification of just having a home, nurturing it, putting our own touch on it, making our own upgrades, and then just being able to sell it. Yeah, but I don't want you to sell yourself short. That what you did with that kitchen. Oh, the so, kitchen! I forgot. Yeah, she 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 forgot that. So we had this kitchen. It was kind of like a peninsula, I guess. That's what they would call it. Yeah. And so um, it was, you know, an old kitchen. If you're from the area, you kind of know how the houses are. Right. Even you know, in apartments and things like that. And so what we did was we took out a part of the the cabinet. We took out the upper cabinet. The upper cabinet. Because here, I guess a lot of people like making this what we like to like fast food window yeah, yeah. where it was like big cabinets overhead yeah. and then like cabinets at the bottom. Yeah. So yeah. There were good cabinets but they need to go. <laughs> yeah. And what my wife decided to do, bless her heart, she was like, yeah, we're going to go green with these cabinets. Yeah. Because they were just like some plain brown and I was like, you know, I don't know, but I'm not going to argue with her because obviously, what do I know about color? You so. and everybody else questioning. You, my yeah, mom. Yeah, I sure dad, did. Even the realtor originally who was yeah. selling us the house, she was like, green? Are yeah. you sure? Like, yeah. painting cabinets can be expensive, da da And I'm just like, no, we they are going to be green. <laughs> They're going to be hunter, emerald green. They're going to be green, and you're going to love it. And, and it seemed like as soon as we made the change... It was just like, wow. It was night and day because we took out the upper cabinets yep. to make um, space and extra lighting. Both of us are over six feet, so we needed that height space. Yeah. We took out the ceiling fan that was in the kitchen. That it was shouldn't so have weird. been there. Um, and so taking out those cabinets opened everything up. And then we opted for some um, floating shelves yep. so everything could remain open and light and It airy. was pretty much HGTV worthy. Yeah. We'll have to try and find a way to like upload some pictures or something yeah. of the before and after. But Oh, uh, and the butcher block. Yeah, that's what I was going to get yeah, to. So yeah. not only did we paint the cabinets, we painted them um, and we added gold hardware. Yep. So we changed the hardware up, Beautiful made it touch. super, super modern. And then the countertops, like we're big cooks. We love to cook. And I just wanted this really like comfortable boho mm-hmm. chic type kitchen. Not the boho. Uh, listen, boho <laughs> chic is like boho chic, minimalist dark that's all kind of my vibe so we took out all the cabinets and we replaced it with 
butcher block yep. and that butcher block was so beautiful we installed it we um as they say oiled it or sealed it or whatever that the case took was so much it took work. a long time but it was worth it <laughs> it was worth it though yeah and we ended up with this huge eight foot yeah. peninsula yeah that had enough room to like cook and entertain and everything else yep. so that nice. house was near and dear to us but um but um back to the point of what Dr. King fought for and just how real estate and owning a home and pushing those boundaries and like being sure to own the space you're in if home ownership is what you want to do because the when we sold that house and the house that we're in now that we ended up with afterwards we got back our money that we put down for a down payment and mm-hmm. then some yeah so we were able to come and buy a house twice the value yep and now thinking about just like voting for your superintendents and your county seats, we start looking at neighborhoods because we're parents now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so all your boring stuff, just school zones. Yeah, all the stuff that, you know, before you have kids, you're like, why would I care about this? Exactly. Zone? But it definitely matters. Yeah. So we start looking at all that. Um, so it was just very important. We had our list of non-negotiables. And this time around, we had a very awesome lending team. Yep, they were here sure locally did. with us. So we couldn't thank them enough. But that's just what owning a home did for us. And now we're in this beautiful space that we've also put our touch on in a neighborhood that we love. So we'll see how long this one sticks. Yeah. <laughs> and I think, you know, life is all about, you know, a scale of balance. And uh, I know there's a lot of people that are working to embody what dr king vision to eliminate some of the barriers that we went through but i mean once you're in there and you have the team that's willing to support you and you're like say for instance the lenders they're looking at more than just you know your credit you know they also can take consideration of you know what you was doing at your older apartment uh the history of your rent your utilities things like that so it's more than just one thing yeah that uh that they're looking for yeah and definitely i mean and just despite the strides that dr king and others have made barriers to housing still definitely exist as well yeah. as barriers to traditional finance so that kind of goes to your point that banks yeah. look not only looking at you holistically and yeah. not just looking at just your credit but much like you said about your rental history how often you pay your utilities on time or your yeah. phone bill on time like they can really start to get creative with a bunch of different stuff yeah and it's it's a lot of programs that's out there you just have to you know like i said do your research um or if you want to contact us you know where to find us yeah but uh they have a lot of uh first like you know first time home buyer yeah they have that program they have the hometown heroes which is yeah. for like teachers first responders and any other frontline worker so they have these different programs for you know people that's basically us trying right. to find a home that's in those type of jobs to be able to help with the house because you know if you're going to be a police officer you're not going to leave in six months well i hope you're not going to leave in six months right so so with that like just continuing how we talk about honoring dr martin luther king here locally in our area there are a lot of ways to celebrate the day honor his legacy with a lot of these local events so um there is a mlk day parade and a festival going on in the city of tallahassee um it's hosted every year so it's back around again where there's going to be a festival a parade and a day of dialogue um it's going to be a day-long celebration that starts at about 11:30 a.m on the main street and the parade will travel down all the way down the main street and then it's going to end at about 2 p.m and then afterwards, they're going to take the celebration over to the local park and it's going to go on from two to six. And of course, there'll be plenty of vendors, foods, arts and craft and tons of live entertainment. That should be pretty fun. Yeah, I know they also have uh, 
something going on in Havana. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They have the celebration in Havana. Um, the Havana Community Development Center in Gaston County is going to be also hosting a parade, a festival, and speakers to honor the day. The parade is going to go through downtown Havana um, starting at 10 a.m. And then afterwards, there will be a festival at the Development Center where different speakers, specifically Daphne Jones Stevens, will be sharing her thoughts. And then there will also be vendors there as well. So it's plenty, plenty to do this weekend, yeah. I would say. <laughs> uh, I think one other... Oh, and there's another event over in Gaston County. There's a Freedom Walk. Um, the National Hookup of Black Women will be hosting a Martin Luther King Jr. Day breakfast and a Freedom Walk in Quincy. So you really have a whole day of festivities. Mm-hmm. You can start over in Quincy, meet up with um, the black women over there, do the Freedom Walk, get you some breakfast. It's going to start over there at about 7.45 a.m., where you can enjoy breakfast gathering at the local um, recreation center there in Quincy before engaging in a commemorative freedom walk to honor the day. Um, the breakfast keynote speaker there will be Isaiah. So he's going to be there. So it's plenty, like you said, plenty of different events to go through and, and enjoy the day. Yeah. And I think, you know, going through all these events, it'll you know allow you to really see what he was about and what he really wanted for, you know, black and brown people and even other ethnicities to just be able to come together to honor this day and really you know, make change. So I guess then the follow-up question would be, how do you make the day memorable? If you want to contribute, how do you help kind of put your stamp on things? Well, that goes to the fact of just, you know, having a good team to be able to support you. Uh, It goes back to saying like, okay, I want to do something. So I'm going to surround myself with those that want to also do that. So you you just got to be better. You know, you got to be able to do your research. That was right. That was definitely one of the same points that I had about just educating yourself. Yeah. Um, just not relying on the history that you find in just only a few of your textbooks or in your history classes that rarely give you the whole truth. Um, and then talking with family members, yeah. they usually offer a lot of insight. It feels very long ago, but here, even in the city of Tallahassee, it wasn't only maybe less 70, 80 years ago that segregation had since ended. So yeah. it's very, it's very still real for a lot of folks. So definitely talking to older family members and supporting a lot of the organizations that mm-hmm. help fight racial or economic injustice is a good place to start. Then also reminding yourself to opt for what's right instead of what's easy, because what's right or what's well-deserving or worth it is very rarely easy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then being relentless in your pursuit of your passion. I think if there was anything to gather from Dr. King or any of his other constituents and people who also choose to embody his message of just being very relentless in the pursuit of your passion and rarely can you go wrong if you go through it that way. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I mean, all those are very great points. So now to leave you guys with a few lasting thoughts and a little bit of homework um, and just to understand about just truly following your past and then just remembering that Dr. King was arrested over 20 times and constantly scrutinized for his diplomacy and his stance on nonviolence, but he never wavered. Today, there are several ways that not only people echo his legacy, but shows that we still have a ways of work to go. The New York Times recently published an article today, Selling Houses While Black, that talks about 6% of real estate agents and brokers in the United States who are black, and their white peers make almost three times as much according to that data and surveys. So that's a great article to check out on the New York Times. That article was recently published. Also, if you're into movie watching, you can check out the movie All the Way, directed by Jay Roach and produced by, of course, one of the great Steven Spielberg. And that movie gives you a great insight about the times, the president, how all the politics came into play and everything revolving around Dr. King. Okay, that's very good insight. I'm glad you mentioned that because all of those are very important. So 
Just to kind of do like a quick recap, uh, definitely utilize the programs that's already been, you know, stated in the podcast. Um, Definitely have a team behind you because that's very important. And, you know, whatever you think you're going through as far as, you know, wanting to be better, you know, wanting to make change. Always remember that that's what Dr. King wanted all of us to do was to make change. And he stated that the ultimate measure of a man is not where he stands in moments of comfort and convenience, but where he stands at times of challenge and controversy. Thank you for listening to the latest episode of our podcast, Just Keep Keating On. New episodes are released weekly on Friday. Make sure to follow us on social media at Just Keep Keating On to stay up to date on the latest news and episodes. Have a topic you'd like for us to discuss or want to submit a comment or a question? Please feel free to contact us at jkkopodcast at gmail.com or shoot us a DM on Instagram at DenishaLK22 or Trey underscore Keaton.